0: Hey guys, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, uh, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. You can find the podcast on YouTube and also anywhere that you can get your podcast. And we're just so thankful that you guys are here and that you guys are with us today. All right, so here's our podcast for today. I'm excited about this one. Um, it's entitled, I think I'm turning to the dark side. <laughs> I think I'm turning to the dark side. Where's this? Where's this coming from? Where's this idea coming from? You're not. You're not going dark, are you? No, no, I'm trying. I'm trying not to go dark here. Right? We're not gonna go dark, but in a sense, we will. Um, but he, here's where we're going with this. So we've been doing this what for the past four and a half, almost five years. And all of us, as we study together every Monday, um, you guys have gone through good times. You guys have gone through bad times. Um, but here's what's what's consistent here is as we're trying to learn how to become more like Christ and to um, to develop more into the person that He wants us to be. Um, what's going to happen is you're going to continue to go through a series of of tough things, and when those things happen, such as maybe affliction or maybe trial or maybe trouble or maybe Things that you just don't necessarily have an answer to, but it's just does it just doesn't make sense. You're gonna go through certain things like that. And here's the kicker though. As you go through stuff like that, you're still gonna be trying to do what's right. And so, how do you explain trying to do and be what's right, but being rewarded as if you're doing what's wrong? It it doesn't, it doesn't fit. It ain't it, right? It ain't it. It it just doesn't make sense. So then you'll start to question okay, you've been putting in work, you've been growing, you've been trying to do what the Lord wanted you to do as a as a, as a good person, but it's almost like life. And at, at times, and we know this is not true, but at times it feels as if the Lord is punishing us for trying to live out the life that he wants us to live. And so when that happens, what we can do at times is we can we can go dark and we can start to become the villain. And the way that things are happening around us will just mirror that. And so here's the thing about it. As we talk about, I think I'm turning to the dark side. What we're going to do is we're going to look at this from the perspective of Jesus. But we're also going to look at some effects of where we are currently to see, am I on the right path right now? Or am I starting to turn? And here's the thing about like when you turn, you know, we say that about. Food, right? We say that about people. Ooh, he turning. Ooh, that that, that piece of fruit, yeah, it turned. It doesn't just turn, you know, you, you can't see it turn, but it's a gradual thing. So if you leave a piece of fruit on the counter, you know, it's gonna be okay tomorrow. It's gonna be okay the next day. But if you leave it there for a week, leave it there for two weeks, you'll start to see the gradual change. That's how we do too. Things don't just happen, it's it's a gradual thing where things and series of events happen in your life. And today you're okay, tomorrow you're okay, next week you're okay, but then if you just let that happen, you'll start to turn. You'll start to turn, and the next thing you know, you'll look up, and you've been away from the Lord, you've been away from so many things for, man, it's been three years, what just happened? What, what, what happened? Where am I even at right now? So hopefully we can help you guys. This has helped me as I've studied this, so I'm really looking forward to getting in with this. All right, so here's our first point here. So as we're talking about this, how do we know some effects of if I'm turning? So again, like we said, you're going through a series of events. Things in your life may have been easy. Some of you may have gone through a very hard time these last couple of years. Things may have been very, very tough for you. So when that happens, as you're trying to live for Christ, keep that in mind. You have to try to keep living for Christ. But as you're doing that, you're suffering as if you're not living for Christ. So what are you going to do moving forward? How do you know that you're starting to go dark? Here's number one. Here's an effect of starting to go dark. You'll start to go dark when, number one, you don't care anymore. You ever see people and, you know, maybe you're in school and you see somebody taking a test and then they just don't know the answer. And what do they say? Man, I don't even care. I don't even care anymore. C, D, B, they just start spelling stuff on the test, right? I don't, I don't even care anymore. You know, you see people in sports right now. Ah, you know what? We're losing. I don't even care anymore. You know, you see people sometimes in life. Ah, you know what? I just don't even care anymore. When you mentally and when you verbally start saying to yourself while you're going through your situation in life, you know what? I don't even care anymore. I just don't care. You're you're going down. That That's a sign of you turning. And so what what can happen is as we go through things in life. What you can tend to see is, okay, these series of events have happened in your life. And when those things happen, guess what you stop caring about? You know what? I'm going to stop being a good person. I don't even care anymore. Oh, you know what? I'm going to stop trying to live for God because you know what? It's not working. I don't care anymore. I'm going to stop trying to be disciplined. I don't care anymore. I'm going to stop loving people because of what people are capable of. I don't even care anymore. Once you get to the point in your life where you stop caring, then you know you're going dark. So here's my question. So, you think about Jesus. Remember we we're, we're going to look at this from the eyes of Christ. When you think about our Lord and what he went through, what kept Jesus actually before we even get there, what left or what kept Jesus um from calling 10,000 angels, his care for us. What caused Jesus to leave heaven and to live like we do, to suffer, to die, to bleed, to to cry, to hurt? What What caused him to do all that? He cared. When he was laying on those rocks and trained men, trained men who this is what they do, whipped our Lord and scourged him. Blow after crushing blow. What kept him to take the next blow? He cared. When Jesus was spat upon and when he was mocked and after his skin was falling off of his bones as they put cloth on him and as he had to carry that cross up Golgotha and as he's literally hanging on the cross, gasping up to breathe for the next breath, what kept him? doing that. He cared. See, here's the thing about us that the Lord has given us. The Lord has given us a certain emotion called care. And when you care about something like the Lord, his kingdom, people in general, when you care, Jesus proved that you could go through a lot for people that you care about. You can go through a lot for people you care about. And especially people that you agape, that you love. John chapter 3, verse 16. So, what kept Jesus on that cross? He never stopped caring. You see, Jesus had all the opportunity in the world to go dark. Wait a second. All these people that I hand created, John chapter 1, remember in the beginning was the Word. Who's the Word? Jesus. In the beginning, God, Genesis 1 1. So who created everything? Jesus. Remember in Jeremiah chapter 1, I've known you since you were in the womb. Remember in Matthew, I know the hairs that are on your head. Jesus handcrafted every single person that mocked him. Jesus handcrafted every single person that hurt him. But what kept him from hurting them back? Care. See, what, what we can do, guys, as Christian people is... At one point in time, you cared. Okay, so think about that. At one point in time, you really cared. But like we talked about before, a series of events happened. And when those series of events happened and people were involved in those series of events, guess what started slowly leaving your life? The care that you had for people because of what people what people are capable of so then you saw it over and over and over no matter where you went you saw it again and you saw it again and you saw it again so then guess what you became just like that fruit on the counter you started to turn you started to turn and instead of getting better you got bitter and so think about our Lord. He could have gotten that way, but what kept him on the cross for us? Care. Remember in Second Peter chapter 3, and Sam and I referenced this, or chapter 5. We referenced this on a previous podcast as we talked about this. But remember in First Peter 5, verse 7, remember what Peter told us to do as we go through our trials, Matthew chapter 4, as we go through things that happen in life by trying to do good, Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to mention that later. But what what did um, did Peter tell us to do in verse 7? Casting all of your care upon him. So let's stop there. Let's stop there. When we talk about casting all of your care upon him, the first initial reaction that you have when you read that verse is basically anything that is happening in your personal life. Okay? Which which is true. But think about that word care, casting all of your care. So at one point in time, I cared, but now I'm at a point in my life where I don't care because now I see what life and I see what people are capable of now. So now my care is not the same like it was a couple years ago. It's just not the same. So when you get to that point where your care is not the same because of what you've seen, and because of what you've experienced, what should you be doing in that moment? Cast that on who? Cast it on God. Because guess who truly understands what it feels like to do that and to be that? He does. But what we tend to do is we start off good, like that fruit. Then, because of those series of events that happen as we try to live godly, because of what people what people are capable of, then we turn, then instead of casting that care and explaining all of that to God, what we'll do is we'll do what Matthew chapter 20 or Matthew chapter five, verse 25 says, what we'll do is we'll, we'll worry. So that phrase in Matthew chapter five, verse 25, take no thought. That phrase literally means do not divide your mind. And do not sit in solitude. And so when things like that happen, and when you try to live godly, and when you try your absolute best in whatever situation you find yourself in, are you perfect? Absolutely not. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. But as we're striving to be what God wants us to be, and as you're trying to grow for him, what can tend to happen sometimes is when you care, but then others don't care then you'll sit in solitude and you'll question why do i care because nobody else apparently does apparently nobody else cares like like i do so why why am i giving this effort why am i giving everything i got to people that that really could care less about about what i'm doing why should i do that cuz jesus did it <laughs> it all boils down to that cuz he did it he cared when the world hated him, and no one loved him. Think about that. The ones that were even walking with him and supported him from the beginning, where were they at? The disciples forsook him and fled. Now, obviously, John was there at the cross, right, with Mary, but he was a part of those that fled too. And so it, it's, it puts it in perspective when we sing, and he died alone for you and me, why was he willing to literally be the loneliest man on the planet? Why was he willing to go through that? Because he never stopped caring. For us guys, in order for us not to go dark, I understand the situations that happen. I understand what people are capable of. I understand, you know, you could be tired of seeing the same thing every everywhere. it's like the same movie, but different characters. Like, I get it. Like, it makes sense. I know. But even though that's, that's the case, does any of that give us an excuse to stop caring? Nope. Because if we want to be like, we say we want to be like Jesus, we can't stop. We can't stop caring, even though it's easy to stop caring. And so I think about this too quickly. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5, and um, let me make sure I have the right text here. Uh, no, Ephesians 3. I had to mix up. Ephesians 3, verse um, 19. So notice what he says here. And, and notice what Paul is writing here. Actually, let's start in verse 18. This is how we know that Jesus cared, so that we may be able to comprehend. With all the saints, what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, or let's put care there too, to know the love and to know the care of Christ. How do I know what the love and the care of Christ is? It is so long, it is so wide, and it is so deep that it passes all knowledge. And you can be filled with all the fullness of God. So the challenge that Jesus gives us, which is crazy when you really sit back and think about it. The challenge that Jesus gives us is this. My son, my daughter, my servant. I know what it feels like to care about the brethren. To care about people. To care about the world to care about every single person that's around you. I know what it feels like to give everything that I have to those people. But I also know what it feels like to give of this deep and long and wide care that I have. I know what that feels like to give that, and nobody cares. Nobody cares. I know what that feels like. But I am the example, Hebrews chapter 12. So when you want to stop caring, what does the Hebrews writer say in Hebrews 12? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So maybe instead of looking so inward when things continue to happen, maybe we just need to start looking more at him. So you know you're starting to go dark. When you stop caring, that's foundational. That's foundational. Then number two, as we're starting to build this idea together, as we're studying and talking and discussing the scripture, here's number two. You're starting to go dark when you don't care. But then number two, you'll go dark when you live to get people to feel what you felt. Now, remember what we talked about. We've all been through a series of tough events. We've all been through trial. We've all been through affliction. We've all been hurt. We've all been whatever you want to put in that blank. We've all been there at some point in our lives. But here's what can tend to happen sometimes is when that pain and when that hurt happens, what we can do is from that day forward, we live to get people to feel what we felt in that moment. let's, let's use this as an example. So let's say, um, okay, let's let's use this. So let's say, um, you know, I have a friend named Maximilian and I don't, (laughs) okay. I don't even know anybody named Maximilian, but that was from a goofy movie. Remember that? That was great. So let's, let's say I have a friend named uh, Maximilian and with Maximilian, I really needed his help one day. I mean, I, I had gone to everybody else, Um, I had asked everybody else. I mean, I just couldn't, no one else would help. So I went to him and I said, look, man, I I could really use, I could really use your help. I mean, I'm in a place where I'm struggling right now. Things are tough. I just, I could really use some help. And at the time I'm doing bad, but Maximilian at the time, he's doing great. Everything is great for him. But because everything is great, what tends to happen sometimes is when things are just lining up for you and things are great, sometimes that's when pride sets in. And so for my friend Maximilian, pride set in. And he was he was doing so well that he said to me, you know what, Jordan, man, um, I'm sorry, but that's not my problem. That's not my problem. And he left. So what can happen is. From that day forward, I want Maximilian to feel how he made me feel that night. And so I harbor that in. And so here's, here's, here's the cycle. Number one, I harbor that in for, the, for a long time. Then number two, I project what Maximilian did on every new person that comes into my life. So now I think every new person is going to be the new Maximilian, which is not fair to them. And then number three, I plan revenge. And so then here's what here's what will happen in that situation. Because of how this world works, it's the law of sowing and reaping. Or what goes around comes around. So at some point, at that point in time, he was doing great. I wasn't. But maybe some days pass, some years pass, some months pass. And now I'm doing great. And now Maximilian isn't. So then Maximilian comes to me as I came to him years ago. And now Maximilian asks my help. So then guess what I've been doing? I've been waiting. Ooh, ooh, I've been waiting for this moment. You know, it's kind of like we try to be, we try to be lords over people and and we try to live for that moment where they become the peasant in our life. Right. (laughs) You know, with the, with the cup in their hands. And the, the, the Hanes girls understand this, Maya, Maddie, and, and, uh, and Molly. Sir, I need your help. You know, we want people to start begging. And so the thing is now Maximilian needs my help. So he needs my help. And Maximilian might have grown. He might have matured. He might have seen some things, which is good. But what have I been doing this whole time? I'm not growing. I want revenge. So now what's the phrase he hit me with a couple years ago? It's not my problem. So then guess what? I couldn't wait to tell him now. It's not my problem. You know, here's the thing about living to get people to feel what you felt. We wouldn't do that if it didn't feel good. How good does it feel just in general? How good does it feel to prove somebody wrong that doubted you, that didn't believe in you? How good does that feel? feels amazing. And if you're an athlete, That's what you live for to prove people wrong. Even if you were a former athlete, you didn't believe, okay, cool. All right. I'll remember that. That'll fuel me. That's all I need. And for some people, you just need a little bit. Okay, cool. All right. And so we live for that. But again, let's look at this from the eyes of Jesus again. So remember in Luke chapter 22, What did Jesus tell Peter that he was going to do to him three times? You will deny me three, three times. You will remember Peter. No, I won't. I won't deny you. But then as Peter went on to deny him three times, Jesus looked at him and think about and think about it from the perspective of Jesus in Luke 22. Jesus could have looked at him. And remember, what was everybody saying around the fire? I've seen you with him. You, you're one of him. I've seen you, right? But you know, Jesus, in that moment when they locked eyes, the people that were carrying him away, Jesus could have said, hey, he was, he's with me. So whatever I'm about to go through, bring him over here too. Because he betrayed me. I want him to know what it feels like. So if, if, if I'm going down, if I'm going down with the ship, I'm not going down so low. Someone's coming down with me. And sometimes that's how low we'll get is if I go down, someone else is coming down with me. Someone else is coming down. But Peter went away and he wept bitterly. So now think about this. You know, you think about what Jesus could have done. I'm reminded of, remember when he came back from the dead? And as he came back from the dead, the coolest thing is after he's resurrected, remember in Mark chapter 16, where when Jesus is resurrected and then remember the women were there and they found him at the tomb, but then remember in verse number seven, he said, go your way and tell the disciples. And he also said, Tell Peter that I'm back. You see, Jesus wanted Peter to be a part of this. But in in our terms, when you think about it, was Jesus justified in not having Peter there? Peter, you did this to me three times when you said you wouldn't do it. So you know what? You're just not going to be a part of the special thing we got moving forward. You're just not going to be a part of it. He was justified. Jesus could have done that. But he said, no, tell him to. I want him to be a part of it. And he told him. And the crazy thing about it was, John was literally at the feet of Jesus at the cross. John didn't preach the first sermon. He was called the beloved disciple. He didn't preach it. Who preached the first sermon in Acts chapter 2? Peter. And so sometimes, guys, we can have this thing within us, and we wouldn't do it if it didn't feel good. We can have this thing within us that sometimes the only thing that drives us is getting some level, whether how big or how petty it is, to get some level of revenge on somebody. And to have them, I just want you to feel an inkling. It may not even, you might not even feel the whole thing. But I want you to understand what you did. I want you to feel what I felt. And sometimes we'll live for that. Like, we'll live to see people fall that did us wrong or that hurt us. or But think about this. I'm reminded of um, Proverbs chapter 24. And notice the principle that the Proverbs writer get, gives us here. Verse 17 of Proverbs 24. The Proverbs writer says, rejoice not when your enemy falls. And let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. So when my friend Maximilian, when he told me it's not my problem, and then a couple months later, I see Maximilian fall flat on his face, guess what we can do internally? <laughs> Life got you. And I'm happy too. I'm happy to see you fall. Because guess what you didn't do for me months ago? You ain't do nothing for me. That's what you get. I, I hope you enjoy that ground over there. And we we rejoice in that, like we got a, like we got a w and they got an l. let not your heart be glad when he stumbles why, why? Because number one, Matthew five that's pride, and what comes before destruction pride, why else shouldn't we do that when we see that happen? Verse eighteen, lest the Lord sees it and it displeases him and watch this and he talking about the lord he turns his wrath away from him so the ones that as you're living correctly Matthew chapter 5 as you're trying to do what god wants you to do and you rejoice when they fall god will turn his wrath from them to you so do you see why humility Is such an important aspect of the Christian life because sometimes we might not even tell anybody else, but internally, we're glad that people that did us wrong fell or hurt or they're not the same. Like, we feel happy about it when that happens. Why are we doing that? Because it feels good. Because it feels good. Why do you think people go to the dark side? Because it feels good. But when we think about it, is that the side that Jesus wants us on? No. He wants us to resist. He wants us to resist. And so when when we think about this, guys, how do I know I'm turning? I know I'm starting to turn, but I just don't care anymore. Just don't care. Then number two, I know I'm starting to turn when you live to get people to feel what you felt. What if, what if Jesus would have done that? You know what? I want y'all to feel what I felt. So I can't, I can't invite y'all, you know, to the, to the church that I'm bringing Acts chapter two. I want you all to suffer as I did. He didn't. But then number three, as we talk about this topic of how do I know I'm turning? How do I know I'm going dark? three, when being good it seems pointless it seems pointless so as we talked about these these things that we're we're going through and as you as you walk through life and these things happen and these difficulties happen and you know you see and you experience certain things or you may see and experience the same thing over and over and it just gets discouraging doesn't it and sometimes when it gets discouraging what can tend to happen is you start to question your goodness. You start to question why are you resisting the dark side? You start questioning, I want to feel that revenge. I want to feel that satisfaction. I want that. You know, just as we're as we're thinking about this, as I'm turning to the scripture here. You know, you think about a secular example of, um, you know, heroes and you think about Superman. What do they always call him? What do the villains always call him? Why are you such a boy scout? You know, why are you such a boy scout? You know, sometimes when those that have embraced the dark side are trying to get you to go dark, they'll start to make fun of you to think that you're naive and that you don't see what's happening. So then what do they call you? Why are you such a boy scout? Why Why are you doing that? Why are you not just embracing the hate? Why are you just not embracing what's happening? Why? Why not just embrace it? Everybody else is. So how come you're not? Because Jesus said not to. Matthew chapter 5. You know, I'm reminded of what he said in verse 44 and 45. When these things happen to you as you try to live for me, he says, bless them that curse you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Are we really doing that out here? We all say we want to be like him, right? We all say we love him. We all say we're so close to him, right? We all say that. But when these events happen, are, is anybody out here really doing that? Am I doing that? Am I blessing those that are persecuting? Am I praying for them by name? Am I am I really out here doing that? Sometimes being good seems pointless. And what happens is sometimes you try to, I call it the scale. And on one side of the scale, you see what you're trying to do and what you've been trying to do for years. But then you see the output and the reciprocation of what you're trying to do and the scale's off. It never... It never balances. It's always off. It's always high effort trying to do this, but then low reciprocation. It's, it never really evens out for you. And then your brain starts messing up, and then you start questioning everything you've done. So what do I do when that happens in life? Here's the answer. Check this out. Psalm 73. This is crazy. This is a This is a beautiful text. Check this out. Psalm 73. <clears throat> so look at... Look at what uh, the psalmist writer is finding himself in, and this is Asaph, and notice his situation. See, So he mentions, truly God is good in Israel, even to those that have a clean heart. As for me, my feet were almost gone, and my steps had well nigh slipped. Now watch this. Asaph was about to go dark. Asaph was about to lose his care. Asaph wanted to live for people to see what he was dealing with. Asaph was tired of being good. Asaph was at the point of going dark. And so right now you might be at that exact point where Asaph's at. You've seen too much. You've experienced too much. You've gone through too much. You've hurt too much. So you're done. You're done. So verse three, I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. There's no bands in their death. Their strength is firm. They're not in trouble like other men are in trouble. They're not plagued like other men are plagued. Therefore, pride compasses them around as a chain, and violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness, and they have more than their hearts could wish. But I'm out here struggling, living for you, Matthew chapter 5. They're corrupt, verse 8. They speak wickedly concerning oppression, and they speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heaven, and their tongue walks through the earth. Watch this. Watch verse 10. Therefore, his people return hither. So that therefore his people return references us, God's people. So when you really sit back and you've gone through your experience in life, What you'll tend to do is you'll just sit and you'll replay everything. And as you sit and replay, because things don't make sense and because you're tired of seeing everybody else who's not putting the effort that you're trying to put into Matthew chapter 5 with the Beatitudes and you see how everybody else is succeeding, guess what sometimes God's people do? We go dark. The text says they go back. They return. I'm tired. Can't take it. I can't take it. I mean, I can't take people are this. People always do this. People do that. People never do this. People will always say that. People always. So then you go back. So if that's you out of love and concern for you and your soul, you're on the dark side right now. And you can say you love Jesus and you're, you're on the dark side. You've gone back. But then notice what the text says. Waters of a full cup are wrung out to God's people. So what? how did he describe the evil people? Their eyes filled with fatness. They have more than their heart could wish. But God's people who's trying to mourn, who's trying to be meek, who's trying to hunger and thirst after righteousness, who's trying to be peacemakers, who's trying to be what God wants them to be, who's blessing them that curse them, who's praying for them that despitefully use them, who's doing every single command that God told them to do. They have enough water, but to those people that are doing what God said, you know what, here's a couple drops to get you by. Doesn't make sense, does it? It's messed up. It's messed up. So why am I out here caring for people that could care less about me? Why am I out here doing that? Doesn't make sense. Why am I out here trying to be a peacemaker to those that want to see me fall? Why am I out here doing that? Why am I out here blessing them that want to see me persecuted? Why am I out here doing that? Why am I out here doing that? And then watch verse 11. Then God's people, what do they say? How does God know? So you'll sit back and you'll question everything. Does God really understand how hard it is to care? Does he get it? Because I'm tired. And so you know what? I'm just not going to care. I'll just care for the people that I care about specifically, but you know what? I'm just not going, I'm not going to care about anything or people, or I'm just done. No, I'm done. I'm done. Is their knowledge in the most high? (laughs) Behold, verses one through nine, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world and they increase. But watch what he says in verse number 17. Actually, no, verse 16. So now you sit there and you try to contemplate all this messed up stuff that's happening. You're doing the internal scale to yourself, right? So watch verse 16. Asaph is about to go dark. And Asaph said, when I thought to really understand what's happening and to know this, it was too painful for me. So what is, what is Asaph teaching us there? When you live for Christ and you're constantly treated by whoever it is, evil, over and over and over and over and over again, if you try to sit there on your own and try to understand it, it's going to be too painful because you never will. You will never understand. So if you're in that space right now, what do you need to be doing in order not to go dark? Verse 17, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood. It made sense. I got it. I got it. So now, you guys see why worship is so important for the Christian? Worship is important. When Job lost everything, what's the first thing he did? fell down and worship. When David lost his son, what did he do? Worship. When Abram, when he didn't have to kill Isaac, what did he, he and Isaac both do? Worship. When Hannah, when she got the son and she prayed and prayed and prayed, what's the first thing that Hannah did? Worship. So, as a Christian man, and a Christian woman trying to live for Christ. You've seen things, you've experienced things outside of the church. I, I'm I'm sure, but I'm sure as well, even in the even in the sanctuary, you've experienced hurt, you've experienced pain, you've experienced what people are capable of in the church. So now here's my question. What's the church made up of? People. And last time I checked, what person, regardless of the congregation that they go to, what person and what church is perfect? So why do we expect it to be? So when you come into the sanctuary, sometimes you have people that are there for the right reasons. Sometimes you have people that are there just to see what everybody else is doing. Sometimes you have people there that instead of uh, serving, they're just they're just literally sitting there waiting for everybody to serve them. Sometimes there's people that just want to tear other people down. Sometimes that's that's just it. And sometimes if you just sit and try to understand how could God's people do that? How could people how could people in the church be capable of that? You'll be just like Asaph and you'll sit there in your chair and it's going to be too painful. Because you won't understand it. But where in Scripture did it ever say stay away? I'll wait. My Bible doesn't say it. But why is it that with the commands of God, because of what people are capable of, we justify doing what we do? Matthew 5, bless them that curse you. Uh, Pray for them that despitefully use you. But, yeah, you don't understand. This is just constantly happening, though. But where does God say stop doing that? My Bible doesn't say that. Your version might, but mine doesn't. So you might be saying, well, Jordan, you just don't understand. That's just ridiculous. You know, that's just too hard. That I, I just don't know if I'm capable. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if I'm capable of doing that. I get it. I get it. You know it's tough and have I let people down absolutely have I hurt people absolutely have I not been the person I need to be at times absolutely but think about it from one man's perspective I want us to embody Moses for a second so let's say you and I are Moses right and what's today today Monday if it's not let's say it is (laughs) all right so let's say it's Monday so Let's say we're, we're Moses, and, I'm, and we're laying down in the tent, and we wake up, and it's Monday morning. Guess what they just did on Sunday? They literally just tried to self-appoint another captain because they said they didn't want me. They literally took the gold and melted it and made a golden calf and started worshiping it. They literally complained that they wanted to go back to Egypt, the place that they cried out to get out of for 400 years. And we're Moses and we're in the tent. Did God say, you know what, stay away from those people? Did God say, you know what, stop leading those people? Did God say, you know what, Moses, you know what? And to be honest, God said, you know what, Moses, let's start over. Let me just kill them off and let's start a new nation. What did Moses say? Lord, don't do that. What did Moses never stop doing? He never stopped caring. Just like Jesus. So when Moses got up, he led people that truly wanted to go to Canaan. He led them. He led the people that wanted to kick him out. He led them too. He led the people that were melting the gold. He led them too. And he led the people that wanted to go back. So can we can we pick and choose? God said be a light. We can't pick who we want to be a light to. Because you'll always find yourself hopping and bouncing. And trying to find the perfect, because you're not going to find it. So instead of doing that, wherever the Lord plants you, what should we be? Be a light. And how can I be a light if I'm not in the sanctuary? You see how easy it is, guys, to go dark? And for you guys today, this is a part of the growing process as we're growing together. And it's easy to do these things. It's absolutely easy to do these things and it's easy to justify these things. But my admonishment to you, actually, it's not even me, so let me rephrase that. The scripture's admonishment to you, don't go dark. Stay in the light. As hard as it is, Is it easy to stay in the light? No. Is it fun to stay in the light when these things are happening to you? No. Is it enjoyable to stay in the light when these things are happening to you? No, it's not. Not at all times. It is most times, but all times, no, it's not. No, it's not. But don't go dark today, please. Let us help you. Let us pray for you. Let us just talk, you know, you might just need to go through something and you just need to talk. Let's let's just talk. Because this this stuff that we go through can be painful, but just like ASAP, it can be too painful to understand. But you really want to start understanding, go to worship. I didn't say that. It's not my opinion. Scripture said it. I understood it. Because I understood their end. I got it. You know, this is why as we close, Matthew chapter 5 is so important. Because as you think about Matthew 5, all those beatitudes, Jesus said in verse 19, whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and teach other people to do so, shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. So this is why humility is so important, because as we go through these things in life and um, we go through all these these circumstances, if we teach other people not to be the light, we'll have to answer to him. And we don't want to break Matthew chapter 5, regardless of how hard it is. So I hope that for you guys today as we study this, I hope you guys don't want to go dark and it's easy to go dark and it feels good to go dark. Cause I mean, if it didn't feel good, why would we not do it? I mean, it feels good to go dark. It feels good just not to care anymore. Like it feels good, but just because that feels good, we have to resist Satan. And the great thing about it is when we, when we resist the darkness, what does the text say that the devil will flee? He may come back for a season. No, he will come back but if we resist, he will flee. Don't go dark. As easy as it is, don't go dark. Man, I hope that was able to help you as it, as it really has encouraged me today, as I was studying through this and really meditating about this for the past week or so. But, um, I hope that was able to help you. And, and if you know someone that has gone dark, maybe share this with them, see, see what we can do to study and help them because, um, uh, We need more lights, and we need to be more like Christ. So um, I I love you guys. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate the study. Uh, Lord willing, if we don't have another one this week, uh, well, I have camp coming up. So we may not have one this week, but I'm hoping maybe we can do one on the campgrounds on Monday. So I'll see about that. But looking forward to it. If you guys need something, let me know. DM me. uh, Send me a message. I appreciate it. And Lord willing, we will see you guys uh, next week. Thanks, guys.